Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates and pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. First of all, I just wanted to, again, thank all of our listeners for the feedback that we've been getting lately. The uh, audience has continued to grow for this podcast, and it's very exciting for all of us to see. Uh, However, we'd certainly still love to get more listeners, and I keep hearing from people, even regular Tech Dirt fans, telling me that they didn't even realize that we had a podcast. So please share the word. Let people know about it. And one great way to do that is to write a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. So uh, we would really, really appreciate it if you help share the word about the podcast. Anyway, uh, last year we did a few podcasts actually that touched on the question of the gig economy or the on-demand economy, including one where I talked about my own experience using Lux, the on-demand valet parking service which had a number of competitors in the space. Uh, Personally, it was actually pretty cool. And just recently, I had excitedly told someone that I had met uh, about Lux. And it was someone who had just moved to San Francisco and was still trying to figure out how to get around. So she was really excited about it also. But it appears that the excitement about it may have been a little premature. A recent Bloomberg business article uh, came out that was entitled on-demand valet parking seemed like such a great idea it wasn't Uh, it details the problems that companies in that space have run into um, and pretty much all of them have run into problems Uh, one of the big players in the space is a company called Zerks which we had mentioned last time around that's totally that company's totally shifted its business model away from the consumer market and is focused entirely on the enterprise market, working with companies to help their employees find parking. The probably the biggest name in the space was Lux, the company that I had used, and it's also started shifting its model and is playing down the on-demand aspect of its service, preferring that people schedule drop-offs and pickups way ahead of time. Uh, Other competitors in the space have already shut down or shifted their business model as well, and the ones that are remaining are apparently all desperately seeking more uh, venture money. And it's not just valet parking. The popular, or at least popular in San Francisco, startup Ship that makes it easy to ship packages recently laid off approximately 8% of its workforce. Homejoy, a home cleaning startup, shut down last year as well, and there are indications that many of the Other companies in this market have been struggling to make the economics work. Of course, with so many players, there was bound to be winners and losers. And it's possible that we're just seeing, uh, as we've discussed in another previous podcast, the rise of a winner-take-all situation with companies beginning to, with the market beginning to shake out, uh, certainly with Uber currently appearing as a potential dominant player in in this space. Uh, For example, Uber recently expanded its Uber Eats offering, delivering food and competing with a number of uh, um, on-demand services in the food space. So 
what I want to do today was discuss, uh, again, with our usual co-hosts, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, uh, this question of whether or not the on-demand market was a bubble that has popped. Um, I think last time we talked, if I remember correctly, Hirsch was a little more skeptical about the overall market or just confused about the number of participants. And Dennis was uh, a little bit more excited about the market. So uh, guys, uh, tell me, can, can Hirsch declare victory here? Was, was, he, was he right? <laughs> I don't remember myself being the skeptic. Was I think I you were skeptic? just surprised that all of these services could possibly no, exist. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. Um, but but just to you know just to be clear on this, if, if I had any kind of a dispute about uh, or or if if anything sounded excessively skeptical, it wasn't <laughs> the it wasn't that I was expressing skepticism. I think about the concept of there being a space in the economy for lots of these sorts of gig uh-huh. economy companies, but rather I was expressing skepticism about the amount, the speed with which, and the amount of capital that was going to these kinds of companies okay. without any sort of kind of due diligence, I felt like. There was a lot of really ridiculous ones, and I don't think any of the ones that you've necessarily mentioned was, you know, are, are in that score, you know, sure. camp of like highly ridiculous, but there's definitely some. Uh, I can't remember if Dennis said one was uh, uh, a barber comes to your house on demand or something like that. Yeah, that, I mean, that was, that was one of them. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's like a lot of them, and I mean, actually, maybe that makes sense too. Who am I to judge? But what I'm saying is, <laughs> it just seems like a, a lot of capital ch- uh, chasing very few, like uh, at least uh, economically sensible options in the short term. In the long term, who knows what will be. But, but the thing sensible. is, I mean, with, with this whole process, like you don't really know which ones are the economically viable right. ones until you kind of try them and, and really kind of work mm-hmm. them over and, and see if like the unit economics work you know, at the fir- first level, see if like there's, there's consumer demand for it. I mean, it is a shift, right? So a few years ago, if you would have said like, hey, we're, we're going to be building this humongous like transportation company that you could hail, you know, cars to your, to your front door and be like, ah, you know, like that's, you're just going to try to take over the taxi cab industry. Like, right. Or even, it's not even, you, you would just say like, well, we have taxis. We have taxis. Right. right. And, and even if you took over taxis, not, that's, that's not that great. Um, but I think what Uber has shown and, and its competitors is that, you know, when you do have something like that, like that the opportunity is actually much larger than yeah. what, what, was, what was there before. I mean, they, if, they, if, it they, hits, they, if it finds a match. With the if it finds a match, yeah. yeah. And it's, it, Uber definitely seems, out of them all, Uber definitely seems, seems like it's doing the best. Um, you know, there's definitely, like, there's a few different things that are kind of faceted in, in, in this discussion here. One is like the gig economy, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's one facet of this whole product. The other one is the on-demandedness of, <clears throat> and of Uber, you know? So, and those two don't necessarily have to be in every single iteration of this product, right? So that's what kind of like Lux is showing by saying, you know what, like requesting a parking spot five minutes before you get to the parking spot probably isn't as, you know, we don't have enough volume to make that, work efficiently right but if you because i think part of what they yeah. said was that the economics didn't work where they basically had a lot of people who were just sitting around waiting just so, waiting so right. you know part of the you know part of the promise i guess that people talked about of the the kind of gig economy is that you had a sort of flexible workforce that could could scale as needed but if you have people who are sitting there waiting and not getting any business they're going to go off and do something else and then they won't be available when you need it right and then then maybe demand maybe demand is super peaky i'm imagining for parking you know it's ridiculously 
you know, busy right in the morning commute. Yep. Around 10 a.m., it's super chill. <laughs> right. Um, maybe it maybe picks up again, you know, at evening commute kind of thing. Um, yeah, and there's probably a smaller spike at lunchtime when people yeah. go. And, and the kind of difficult thing is, I think, for Uber drivers as well, like a lot of these peaks happen at the same time. So yeah. the question is, how do you, can you find kind of complementary businesses that have peaks at different times? And maybe there's a way. Yeah, but I mean, Uber, you or, would think that Uber would face the same basic issue, right? You would think that, but I think what happens with them is that since it's on, you know, since drivers, with, I mean, with Surge, maybe really did help this whole thing. Sure. Right? Where, um, and this is just, you know, speaking from an outsider's perspective, I, I don't really know if it, if it actually sure. makes any difference or not. But, um, you know, I think that the genius of Surge is that the the, the workers definitely are, in, are incentivized properly to come work when there is more demand, right? Right. And of course... And I mean, on the demand side as well, it'll probably suppress it as the price goes right. up, right? The, right, the surge increases the price for the right. consumer. Right, well. it, so it it uh, you could lower lowers trip. the quantity demanded because people who aren't willing right. to pay for the right. surge pricing, and so it's, assuming it's, the surge it's, is it's, predictable. It's a yeah. well, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's a market mechanism. Yeah, uh, you know, it's certainly been very controversial, and I know a lot of people don't like it. But but in terms of actually setting right. the incentives, I, I I don't see why it's a problem as long as it's clearly disclosed and there are always people who complain but it appears that at the very least uber has spent a lot of time making sure that these days it's very transparent about yeah. how the surge i mean so works. so well, to, to declare that like this you know on demand or gig economy has has you know flat out failed i think it's a little bit early i think mm-hmm. you know obviously companies like ship who you just mentioned were doing you know some cutbacks are 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 focused on the fact that you know what we we have to figure out how to make these companies work as 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 profitable businesses, and that yeah. that to me sounds well, like you know a responsible thing for a company to well, do. I think, and then part of this may be driven by a separate factor, which is that as everyone is kind of talking about out here, is that the venture capital funding um, uh, world right now yeah. is is a lot tougher, and yeah. and there are a lot. You know, there's a lot more skepticism and a lot of worry about throwing too much money into certain companies. Yeah. So, so for the companies that raised their rounds last year, mm-hmm. um, layoffs are a fantastic way to kind of keep your company running and learning and, until the next round of, of funding, which may not come this year, may not come next year. It's so right, right. So, uh, a lot of this this discussion reminds me. It gives me echoes of uh, what happened in, uh, let's say, ninety nine, yeah, 2000. You know, when yeah. when uh, there was a lot of skepticism about some of the big companies, and yet a few of the giants that were there are still around now. Netflix and Amazon, they're certainly doing very well. Um, right. But yes, there's lots that disappeared. And web, and it's web, web ban, web ban, web is gone, but Instacart yeah. is here. Right? And I mean, so, we had the same thing in 2008 right, too, right? I mean, sort yep. of a mini version. The the big one was obviously 99, 2000. But in 2008, there was a you know a very famous um, Sequoia, the venture capital firm yeah. Sequoia, took all their portfolio CEOs and gave them this presentation that had the famous slide that said "R.I.P. Good Times" and kind of warned <laughs> them that. You know that the you know funding was drying up, and they had to learn how to yeah. you know live with less and not mm-hmm. expect large um, follow-on rounds. And so, you know, potentially we're seeing that. And since this on-demand and gig economy space were such hot funding areas, you know, this could just be fallout from from that aspect. Yeah, like a little bit of a hangover. Right, but they, you know, but there are still plenty of companies trying. It's just they're they're trying to figure out how to make it how to make it a viable business in a shorter time frame than maybe they were asking for before. 
Yeah, and I think that this, you know, we we've seen this time and time again before, where we, you know, a period of kind of what seems to be irrational exuberance towards companies <laughs> and funding and business models is followed by a period that sometimes feels kind of almost too, um, you know, too conservative and and, sure. and focused on business fundamentals, and it, and it goes back and forth. Like we're, it's it's a it's a constant pendulum, right? So, so then, so then, in terms of in this space. Do you think it ends up that that Uber just becomes the, you know, the Google of on demand or you know? seems? I mean, it seems like it, right? Seems so, hot on the tail. I, I mean, I don't. Did you mention the Spoon Rocket? That Spoon Rocket shut oh, down. Oh no, I yeah. missed that. That's another one, Spoon Rocket, right? So Spoon Rocket was an on demand kind of food delivery service um, launched here in San Francisco, amongst mm-hmm. other places, and they, you know, they completely shut down after. I guess it, it sounds like they were trying to shop themselves around to sell themselves to, to a fast casual. Um, restaurant that didn't work out um but what struck me as impressive is the kind of the very next day or maybe might have even been the same day uber eats kind of launched their new you know expanded offering right which which i was like wow you know like uber is continuing to to push forward um when other companies show that it's difficult to work um but I think that that's fine, and I think yeah. That, I mean, to some extent, right? I mean, Uber is building on the back of yeah. the network that they've built up. Yeah, and, and their driver, and that's actually, you know, to to look at what they have, which is a, a expansive network of on-demand workers to give those, you know, those people different jobs at different times depending on demand is is something that they can definitely leverage, right? So yeah, um, I, and I also think that you know. Companies like Uber, if they go through a period of austerity, it's really like a tempering process, which, which, which actually improves the corporate culture. Like if you look at the way Amazon works as a company internally, like culturally, mm-hmm. they're very cost sensitive in different places. Uh, they've somehow figured out a way of, of creating a compensation structure and culture, which brings high performers to the company, uh, w- such that certain divisions that they have are like world class and beat anyone, including Google or whatever. Sure. Uh, at least AWS is, for example, right? And retail, they do very well. Uh, and yet they keep the costs very low somehow. So they figured out a way uh, internally how to do that. And a lot of companies that have only good times, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't know anything about making the hard choices, laying off the sort of the dead weight. And these are all obviously, and when I say laying off the dead weight, there's like real human costs to laying off. Sure. Right? But... Um, in terms of the organization, I mean, the essence of getting efficient, efficient is making those hard decisions. And there's, there's, nothing, uh, there's no, nothing as good as having a period of austerity where there's no new capital coming in and you have to figure out how to make inputs and outputs match up, right? And uh, I think Uber, if it, if it survives this kind of a period, I mean, it will, it will come out and be like essentially an amazing company because think about it they already have in their dna how to do this stuff mm-hmm. uh, they clearly have a team that knows how to explore other opportunities and if they have any kind of uh, uh fat on you know on the body this this period of austerity will just like drain it off and then when they come out and then the next boom it seems like every eight years we have another one they're going to be so strong they're going to be like a netflix or an amazon and all set up to right. have amazing stock growth so i i mean I, i'd be pretty bullish on uber even if the current uh, in the current market, it seems like they 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 might be faltering a little bit. I, I don't know if Uber is faltering. Yeah, I don't know so. if Uber yeah. is yeah. even faltering. I mean, no, I think no, Uber no. is pretty I strong. I think Uber is okay. good to go. Um, but then, I mean, so it, it does make you wonder: like, is there a place for any other companies in this space, or is it really? I mean, the the, the nice thing about the transportation product is that you know it does seem like it's it's used a lot more, right? So, like Lyft. I'm sorry, what do you mean? So in, instead instead of like parking uh-huh. or, uh, I mean, grocery shopping maybe once a week. Right. right. Um, 
with Lux, like parking for me in the city was very, very difficult. I think, you know, that seems difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if they, they're, they, there, it looks like Lux is trying to sell kind of value added services like, um, car washes and oil changes now, right. which reminds me of like one of my favorite, like actually, I think it was even before Uber, which was Cherry. Remember them? It might've been right around the time. So they were, um, on demand car washes. So okay. they would, you would, you would, if you knew your car was going to be parked somewhere for oh, right. a little bit, you know, you'd push a button on your phone and someone would show up and wash your car for 20 bucks. And I was like, this, this is amazing. <laughs> and it includes the parking too. No, 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 you're, no, you're parked you, you park. Yeah. You, if, if you, you find parking on the street somewhere or, or, on, at, or at your or, office usually. Uh, right. right. So in the um, parking lot and, and you just tell them where the car is. And yeah. They'll, they'll and everyone that used it loved it. And I think eventually they couldn't make it work economically. They were, I think they were actually bought by Lyft. Um, but oh, like, really? yeah, but one, but it's kind of one of those things that's like, yeah, like it doesn't make a lot of sense to, to be the same price or cheaper than a normal car wash and be a better service. Right. So, right. um, and I think, you know, would they, would they be able to survive if it was more, if it was you know, priced more, price if it was, more, it was a premium service, it's really like, know. yeah, that brings yeah. up an interesting point, right? Which is the fact that, um, even if consumers want it, even if the people in the gig economy want to provide their labor for such a, uh, such a, a like a system like Uber or Lyft, mm-hmm. um, some I feel like public opinion and regulators could get in the way of this kind of growth of the market and the success of these companies. Right? We still haven't talked about the sort of the regulatory uh, aspect of this, which is that. Um, you can't necessarily in all spaces make kind of these free contractual arrangements between people. There's certain sure. things that, that, that can come up. And so, for example, um, we we're talking about Uber um, specifically. You can think of there being certain kinds of insurance made mandatory or certain kinds of taxes or certain yeah, kinds of there's, responsibilities. There's been a lot of moves like, to and, do that, right? And, so, even, and even licensing and, and background yeah, yeah. checks requirements. I mean, so there have yeah. been lots of moves to try, obviously try and regulate or even keep Uber out of certain markets. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a concern. And in fact, you know, part of the reason why Uber has said that they raised so much money was basically to take on those regulatory battles, uh, especially since, you know, they, it's not at the federal level for the most part they're taking on it's in city, city by yeah. city, which is kind of insane and scary when you think about it. And you can understand why the company would need to raise so many billions of dollars well beyond, you know, basically anyone else in that market. Right. Um, you know, is that true for all, you know, I, I would argue that a lot of the, the players in the kind of on demand gig economy space were sort of piggybacking on, on Uber, um, fighting those battles and, and basically saying, well, you know, we're hoping everyone's focused and the regulator regulators for the most part are focused on Uber. And I would say, you know, let those battles shake out and see. I mean, Uber definitely stumbled upon like a perfect product in that aspect as well, because, you know, a lot of the pressures coming from the, the tourism, you know, from tourists, tourists and other users of an Uber-like service in a community, like you don't necessarily have that with like a HomeJoy or, right. you know, even a Lux or, or an Instacart kind of thing, right? So, um, and that's what I think was really, when I, when I took a step back and looked at how, what Uber's regulatory battle was, like, you know, people visiting a certain city and it doesn't have Uber, like tourists are going to really be upset. And, yeah. Um, cause a service like Uber but is they're also fan- not voters in, in those cities. Sure. But that, those are, those are kind of tourist dollars that, right. you know, that, can, that, that can have happen. a voice. But that, that will only manifest itself in those local political battles if, uh, the, the, 
if the money of the tourists, if in other words, if tourists are really making a destination choice based on the existence or non-existence of Uber at a destination, and I don't think it's yet at that point. It's more like you show up at a place, there's no Uber, you're disappointed, but you don't tell your friends, don't go to that town because there's no Uber there. You would, you would mention it, though. Be like, oh, yeah, I went to that. I'm yeah, here. I think yeah. a lot of people would mention it. I mean... Yeah. Um, like, can you believe they didn't? They, they don't allow Ubers there. It's weird. I think it's more likely to show up in the cases where you ban Airbnb because a lot of times you book your sure. residence before you get there. So if you look around different towns, I remember this happened to us when we were going to um, to uh, Croatia, mm-hmm. and we we're looking for places where, that had nice Airbnbs, and then that was essentially the place where we went and visited. Yeah. <laughs> so Croatia has yeah. Airbnbs. Has good yeah, Airbnbs. They do. Oh. Interesting. And, and yeah, they, we got a really nice one that was right near this coliseum somewhere down huh. in, the, in the city. But I know, like, I mean, so you know, a few months back, I went to CES in Las Vegas, and for the for the longest time, Las Vegas had really either barred completely or greatly limited Lyft and Uber. Yeah. And yet this year at CES was the first time that it was allowed. Yeah. And like everyone was commenting on it and it was a big difference. And in the past, definitely people had complained about, you know, getting around, uh, you know, Las Vegas in the, with the existing taxi cab system was pain and complete pain. Yeah. Whereas, you know, having Uber and Lyft around really made it much easier this time. And so that, you know, people notice those things. And what I hope will happen is those businesses off the strip that don't get much, yeah. uh, you know, don't much get traffic. much business or traffic from foot the big traffic, conventions right. or foot traffic will see a rise in business when these people start taking Ubers and going a little off campus, so to speak. Then maybe they'll be advocates because that was really, that's really a limiting factor. Like not being able to get a cab. There's some great Mexican restaurants and stuff that are a little bit farther away than you can sure. walk. And you just don't ever go because you're, you're busy, you're on a schedule, you don't have enough time between meetings at CES to go you know, get a burrito. It just seems silly, you know, but if you have an Uber and it's just five minutes away. I should have asked you where to go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, it, it definitely, you know, it definitely made a difference. And it was interesting. I mean, when I was there, just talking to the the different, um, the different drivers in a few cases and, and almost all of them too were, they were doing it part-time. It was interesting to see. Yeah. They, it, There's it a lot more part-time gig. workers than I think we ever realized, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah, so I mean, so there is, you know, from a, that perspective, there's a supply there for these kinds of on-demand things. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's still going to be interesting because like last year, this was like, you know, it was the thing that everyone was talking about, the the gig economy or the on-demand economy, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yet it feels like now it's like, well, has, has Uber just won? Has ever, should everyone else give up? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's a really expensive <laughs> statement. Like they, they, they know how to run the car business and they're, sure. and, and they're not even going to be able to monopolize. If you think about it, if they go too crazy in terms of you know, charging too much as a middleman, uh, there will be other little pirate sites that'll start up, and maybe they'll sure. just be local in certain towns. But locals will know about it, you know. And uh, I mean, Lyft, Lyft is is yeah. still fighting. I think yeah. a very good good fight as the second contender in that market. Yeah, right? sure. Um, I use them a lot. I use them primarily just because I like supporting the second place guy. <laughs> right. I, I only use Lyft, by the way. I have Uber installed. I, I yeah. haven't used. I hear that from a lot of people. Yeah, and I think that that's you know that's good. You need. I think it's healthy to have good competition. Yeah. Um, you know, Uber, Uber for, for one reason or another is still continues to be the dominant player. Um, but I do think like in the, in the case of like food, like they are showing that they are expanding. Um, and that there is, there are opportunities to innovate even in that space, right? Like to have better service for services for parents, for, you know, for in, in Tahoe, Uber actually has Uber, you know, Tahoe or Uber ski where you can order a car. Yeah. They have, you can order a car 
with a ski rack on top of it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. To get to the mountains. Because right now, a lot of, like, the parking is such a bad a right. bad situation that it's easier to just take an Uber there. Um, huh. You don't even have to drive. So, you know, like, there are, there are opportunities. And it, it shows that, like, Uber themselves are innovating. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you talk about Uber and food... It's worth mentioning that Uber kind of tacks on these services that kind of work well with the infrastructure that they have. And what they have is a transportation network. Yeah. But they don't have a food preparation kind of back end. They, yeah. So they just use restaurants. Right. But if you think about it, there's companies that have taken kind of the food preparation thing to its logical conclusion and say, like, look, if, if someone's ordering food in San Francisco, it doesn't have to be made in San Francisco in an expensive place with expensive labor. It can be made in Central Valley or something else uh, <laughs> and be like extremely high quality and great ingredients, right? Right? And I think Freshly is a company that does that. And I just recently started using them. Their food's amazing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and it comes out to like $10 a meal or something like that. And they ship it to you from God knows where in a big cardboard box that's packed with ice. Yeah. And yeah. you get like seven meals at a time or 14 meals at a time. You just put it in your fridge. But and Uber brings me my lunch within five minutes. <laughs> from a restaurant, though, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but there's, and there are a bunch of differences, right? There, yeah. There's definitely, there's a class of services like the one that you're describing, um, there's like blue, the, blue apron. There's blue apron. Yeah. There's, there's, I like, there was a point where we were finding like everyone had like a free mm-hmm. version. So like every week can, we can were. Can you eat like every week for free? We, we were. Every, on, like, yeah. We, we went through a lot of them. Um, some yeah. of them were better. And can you send me a list? I want to go through all of them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, the trick was apparently to, to apparently uh, to click on Facebook ads and then you would get more ads with more discounts on, on different competitors to, to, to the various ones. But, thank, but that's... Thank you, retargeting. <laughs> yes. So that's... Thank you, venture capitalists, by the way. <laughs> Whose capital do you think is paying for that? I mean... That's right. We're eating on so, venture capital's yeah. time. But... Um, uh, but there's that, and then of course there's there are a bunch of other ones that are just picking up from restaurants and and tacking on yep. uh, uh, service yeah. fee, including Uber, so. uh, including Uber and DoorDash and Postmates, Postmates. and yeah. you know there's like I I walked into a, a like a fast foodish uh, restaurant yeah. not too long ago, fast casual, and there was like along the wall there were I think there were six or seven guys all with t-shirts for like, <laughs> there's like two DoorDashes, a Postmates t-shirt. And you t-shirt, were just like, I'm picking I, up for a <laughs> Right, I'm just picking up for myself. But it was kind of interesting. Feel, did you feel to, silly that you, no. you, you were there picking up food for yourself? No, I don't know. <laughs> Should I have? I hadn't even thought about so it. So uncool, man. Why, why don't you just pick up an app, dude? Why'd you walk in? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you move your legs? You're supposed to just sit on a couch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's, you know, I, I just find it interesting to see like how quickly you know these you know and and how many questions there are around the you know these kinds of companies and whether or not they can survive i mean i think that you know this is a it feels like a very natural thing to do to kind of take a look at but some businesses are not going to survive and you know i was i frankly was surprised that spoon rocket went away so quickly yeah i was surprised that home joy went away so quickly yeah um, because they both of those seem to kind of capture a large part of like this cultural zeitgeist here in San Francisco. Yeah, definitely um, a lot of people were talking about them. They weren't yeah. they weren't ones that disappeared because well, nobody had heard of them. What is Homejoy? Is that the house, house, house cleaning? House cleaning, yeah. Oh man, there's just too many. I mean they they might have from what I hear, they had some distant remediation problems where, you know, once you find a, like a cleaner that yeah. you really mm-hmm. like, you're just kinda like, hey, can you just kinda go off platform? Because I now I know and trust you. Right. right, like, and I know who you are. Why don't we just do this with that? Home yeah, door I mean, there's so. like something like that is yeah. feels in some sense like less appropriate for on demand because it's something yeah. that you're going to build a regular relationship with. And Uber actually and, had, and had it's those, something that's normally scheduled, yeah. right? And Uber had that 
kind of sort of as an issue in the beginning. I remember when like my parents first used Uber, their driver was like just gave him like gave him his card and they were yeah. like, awesome. And they tried it once and then he was like, Oh, um, I'm like halfway across town. It'll I'll be there in like, you know, an hour and they're like, forget it. You know, right. we'll just use Uber the normal way. So, but I, I've had that, though, with, like, Airbnbs, where people I've stayed with on Airbnb have, you know, yeah. kind of said, like, hey, if you're coming back here... For you, special deal. Yeah, you can... you can con- I've had that from a few places now, actually. They're like, you can just contact me off-platform. Because Mike Mazik is a good tenant. <laughs> <laughs> I keep the place I think clean. it's fine, though, because a lot of Airbnb is just, like, going to a new city you're never going back to. Yeah. And the home joy is definitely a, a completely different situation where you're, yeah. you're being claimed uh, by well, the same I, person. I just signed up as an airbnb host uh, you this did. week so we'll see wow. really yeah. yep so we'll so we'll, we'll see oh we'll see what happens, that'll, so. that'll be a future podcast <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, wait in here where we are right now? no 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 we're in oh. another place so, but yeah. uh um i i actually do know a couple of people who have done a lot of airbnb hosting and they have some interesting stories yeah. about it so i mean i have one friend who absolutely loves it and he's on like airbnb he's on the airbnb whatever insider special host uh-huh. group and he he loves it, right? So and and they have they, he rents out either the whole apartment or like part of the apartment, um, and they just love that like kind of meeting meeting the travelers, um, and also making money. Yeah, so they really do, like it. So. Do you end up do you end up making more doing it that way than just renting it to someone? Yes, maybe it depends. It depends. So. It depends. But I did, and I, I may have mentioned this even on the podcast before. I was that. Recently, I was walking around my neighborhood and I saw that a house that was for sale. And I, as I always do, because I'm very curious about these things, I just grabbed the flyer that they had hanging on the for sale sign. And it mentioned that the house happened to have a guest house in the backyard, which I had no idea even existed there. But they said on the flyer, like this, uh, that guest house is rented on Airbnb and is making like, I forget what the exact number was, like $3,000 yeah. a month in, in revenue. It's pretty good. So like, you know, basically you know, use that calculation and figuring out mortgage stuff. And you're like, Oh wow, that's actually, that's, that's an impactful amount. Right. And you begin yeah. to think like, wow, that, that changes the economics of, mm-hmm. of like different kinds of places and stuff. And so that, that was interesting. Just the fact that it was a, it was a, as you know, a selling point yeah. for, yeah. for a house. Um, the, the HOA of the building where I stay is extremely hostile to Airbnb. A lot of them and are. And they will not allow any. Kind yeah. Of well, I, and I recently, Stayed at an Airbnb where the guy realized after we I signed up that his HOA did not allow it, and he was just like, you know, please be discreet. And then of course I had the <laughs> the other the other example, which I had not too long ago, which I can't remember if I mentioned here or not, but I did mention online where the person was like, hey, uh, like the day before I went, <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, try not to have any interaction with the doorman in the building. <laughs> because you know basically you're yeah you're you're not supposed to be there and i'm just like how do you it's the doorman that's their job <laughs> so that was yeah. uh not to have it but, I, but I've, I've, I've stayed with like i stayed with friends in like new york city where they told me the same exact thing They're like don't yeah. don't talk to the doorman I'm, I'm supposed to register you just just walk by it's fine yeah so go up the fire things. escape yeah just wear a hoodie <laughs> walk walk with purpose That'll be yeah fine. But, I, you know, I, I think we've gotten a little away from the to- topic, but I, I think it is it is still interesting kind of how these different platforms are shaking out. And, yeah. you know, Airbnb is a different kind of platform, but it does seem like, you know, obviously they become the dominant one for, for yeah. sort of housing and stuff or, you know, uh, short, yeah. t- short-term rentals. And, and Uber is definitely becoming the, the big one. What will be interesting to for me, at least, is, you know, what are the other categories where 
you know, other companies are able to survive? Yeah. And do you have like a Postmates as, as a different kind of company that survives? Or does Uber just like slowly... Like Instacart supposedly is, is, is profitable right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, yeah. I think that like, you know, food delivery, transportation, housing, like all these other services though, like the park, car parking, haircuts. Dog um, walking. Dog, dog walking, I'm curious, because like dog walking, I don't know. Right. Um, you know, at least with dog walkers, it seems like most professional dog walkers walk like six dogs at once. Right. right. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah it'll, it'll be kind of interesting to see if any of those can really survive right. and or if Uber or some of the other players really starts to just one by one yeah. take over those markets. Um, I think there's too much of a difference between the different kinds of things that you need to do for the different kinds of businesses yeah, for but one I, company to do I it mean, all I mean, well. I, thought, I thought food delivery seemed outside of Uber's um, no, but that's just still just a driver picking yeah. something up and dropping it off. Whereas, you know, some of the other on-demand things, like actually food preparation, for example, that's not the same kind of thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. or uh, I guess giving or taking a haircut. Like I used, like I, like I used a <laughs> lug the other day. What's that? It's a lugg, and it's an on-demand, like two guys in a truck, in a pickup truck. Okay. And that was amazing, right? So, the the old way was you would, you know ask a friend or hire movers or something. Sure. Um, but I just had to move one big couch and that was it. So, you know, you push the button 50 bucks later. But that's something Uber could do too, right? Yeah. That's with if, Yeah. If they knew you had a large truck. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're already doing like skiing, like why yeah. not? If they find the people with large Do they send structures? one extra guy, Dennis, or two people? Two with people. It, and then the they, they, they came in and carried it out and wow. loaded it. It's awesome. Oh, that's worth 50 bucks. Yeah. Might have been 60. Whatever it's it was. not worth 60, though. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Interesting. Well, I, I, I think it's an interesting market. I mean, it was like this market that was kind of on the rise, you know, uh, I, I think the, not that long ago. And the stories that are, that are calling calling it like the, the end of... Yeah, I mean, that's an exaggeration. Are a bit exaggerated. Yeah, I think that's totally an exaggeration. But it will be interesting to sort of see how it shakes out and where it goes and, and who remains and, and what they look and like. And if Uber really does kind of expand into these other fields, which yeah. I think is actually the... The most interesting thing, right? So yeah, um, so we'll revisit this again in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, six months, it's approximately six months, because that's <laughs> that's how quickly everything changes. Everything changes in six months. All right. Well, uh, unless anyone's got a final word, I see people looking away. So, um, but thank you guys for an interesting discussion. Thank you everyone for listening, and we will be back next week. Stand up to them, someone will get hurt. So grab a shovel and dig up the tent.